Yes, our reading today is uh, taken from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 15 to 30. In our Bibles, it's on page 1052. And I'll read. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, He said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we have had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Please keep your Bibles open as Mike comes to teach on it. question to ask is, how do you get your hands on eternal life? Now, we were getting to this part of the Bible before Christmas. We were going, Luke, 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 Luke. And then Christmas came and we had to stop and do Christmas. And now, after Christmas, we are coming back into Luke chapter 18 so we can carry on going forward again. But To come back to Luke chapter 18, we have to reconnect, and to reconnect with the bit before, we need to remember Jesus in verse 10 told a story about two people. One was a Pharisee, he'd done all the right things, he was a cut 
above the rest. He thought he was better. Uh, don't worry about the furnace in the office. Uh, the Pharisee thought he was a cut above the rest. But the tax collector, he was the person who could only cry out to God for mercy because he was a sinner. Now, that's what we learnt before this passage. Now we have a passage about children and a rich man, and there, if you liked, worked examples of this story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So instead of the Pharisee, you have the rich man who does not get the kingdom of heaven. And instead of the tax collector, you have children to whom belongs the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to learn from each of those in turn. We'll start with the children. And the first uh, thing to say is be like the children. But we have to ask, in what way? What is it that we have to learn from children. Now some people say uh, children are innocent unless you're a parent and you know what goes on when no one's looking. Um, all you have to do is drive and in the back seat in the car there will be one big shout and you turn around and you say what is going on and they will turn around and say, it's the other person that started it. And they are not innocent. In a school playground, children can be pretty rough with each other. Another suggestion is that children are humble. But in kiddie world, it's me first. And how many times have you had a conversation with somebody... And the child has come and interrupted the conversation and wanted the attention themselves. I don't think children are that humble. What about uh, people saying our children are very good at trusting other people? Are they? You smile at a child at the supermarket, they immediately run around their mother's skirts and they peer around the corner as if you are an alien. Um, and uh, I don't think they trust that many people at all. Possibly just as well. Some people say the children are receptive. They can take in what they are given. True? Well, take a, take a child, okay? Say the child's there, and it's, it's mealtime. And so you're just about to to feed the child their food. And what happens? The child's head turns away. So the mother's hand goes and turns the head back. The food goes in. And what happens? Five minutes later, it all comes out again. Our children are not receptive. So in what way do we learn from children? But the better question is, in what way can we learn from these children? Because it actually tells us in verse 15 about these children. And the thing about these children is that they are helpless. People were bringing babies to Jesus for him 
to place his hands on them. In other words, they could not do anything. They couldn't even get there. They were so helpless, they had to be brought. That's what made these children those who are good models for people who are going to enter the kingdom of God. Because actually in Luke, 15, in Luke chapter 18, all the people that you see here are helpless. The woman in the first eight verses of chapter 18, all she could do is ask and ask and ask for help. And at the end of Luke chapter 18, there is a beggar, and the beggar is helpless. All he can do is blind. All he can do is ask and ask for help, which makes him just like the tax collector and the children in our passage. They are all helpless examples of people who follow uh, the Lord Jesus and who look to him. See, the minute we think we can do stuff for God and do him favors and forget that he has to do everything for us, even arrange the transport to get to him because here the children had to be brought to Jesus, then we begin to forget what being a Christian is all about. And you can see it's true not just for kids but for adults. If you just look at John uh, chapter 6 verse 37, that's on page um, 1070. Uh, John chapter 6 verse 37 Uh, page 1070, on the right-hand side, halfway down. John chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus says, All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Can you see what Jesus is saying? People will never come to him unless the Father has to do something first. Only when the Father has given them this push, Will people come to Jesus? Otherwise they won't come. So there's a great amount of helplessness that uh, Jesus wants us to learn if we are going to learn how to follow him. And the disciples had to learn how to be like a child because they got it wrong. I think there are two things that make that happen here that show us the Bible is really, really true. One is that you read how Jesus rebuked uh, uh, the, 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 the children and they got it wrong. Because Jesus says, no, these are the ones that matter. Now, think about it. Our leaders will never let us find out that they got things wrong. We live in the day when there is spin. We call it spin. They want to show the good side all the time. Another word is propaganda. 
we get to see one side all the time. They never show us when leaders get things wrong. But Bible leaders allow it to be written down that they got it wrong. That they make mistakes. And of course, if we were them, we would have got it wrong too because we would have looked at Jesus and his diary and all the things he was doing and we would say, the last thing he can do is now cope with a great load of kids landing on him. Keep them away. We'd make the same mistake. But the Bible leaders are willing to make, to, to, to show that they've made that mistake. I think that shows that the Bible is not specially written. It just tells us how it happened and tells us the truth. Another thing that makes me think that this, this little bit shows how the Bible is, is really true is that it tells us that the kingdom of God belongs to children. Now, in other words, it's like they own the place. Now, no other religious holy writing will say that. I mean, even in our culture in, in Britain, where we have a high place for children, we wouldn't say this would be true of them, that the kingdom of God belongs to them. Even we would not go that far. And certainly the Jewish culture would never have said that about children. So we would never have read that the kingdom of God belongs to children unless Jesus actually said it. And he was saying something that no one else would have accepted at the time. But they wrote it down that he said it. And so therefore it would have happened. It's true. And since Jesus did, therefore, tell us to receive the kingdom of God like a child, then really it is important for us tonight to, to, to seriously think what that means and how we can be helpless in the right way with God. And I'll explain something a little bit about that later. But leaving the children, let's go to the rich man and understand what he has to teach us. And the thing that the rich man's story has to teach us is follow Jesus. That's what Jesus told him to do. And uh, in verse 18, we are introduced to this uh, certain ruler who goes to Jesus and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, Almost every religion in the world would have given him an answer at that point. Muslims would have said, okay, here are the five pillars of faith. Buddhists would have said, here is the eightfold path to enlightenment. And it seems in a way that um, that's what this man is after because he addresses Jesus as good teacher Tell me what I must do. Give me a list. And it seems a little bit like Jesus is giving him a list. If you look at uh, what uh, Jesus says. Um, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. It seems like Jesus is giving him a list. 
But actually, what Jesus is teaching him to do is to be helpless. Because the first warning shot that Jesus gives in verse 19, before the list comes, the first thing Jesus says, he says, what must I do? What Jesus says is, no one is good. You see that in verse 19? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So, when Jesus says that at the front, and then says, what about the commandments? The man should have said in verse 21, yes, but I am not good. That would have been a good thing to say because Jesus has said right at the start of verse 19, no one is good. The man could have picked up on that. That's what the man should have said. <clears throat> and in fact, actually, in verse 21, um, he says he is good. I've kept all these things since I was a boy. But maybe there was something inside him that even though he ticked all those commandments, nonetheless makes him think he isn't good because otherwise why did he come asking that question, what must I do? If he thought he'd done enough, why ask the question? So there must have been something in his mind that thinks actually Jesus can help me, give me something else to do. But actually what Jesus does is not put in front of him a list. What Jesus does is he puts himself in front of the man and he says, follow me, in verse 22. Jesus heard this. He said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. That's what Jesus said. In other words, Jesus is all that he needs. And when Jesus says, follow me and you will have treasure in heaven, he is not saying, follow me now and you have payback pay later. No, following Jesus is treasure in heaven. The treasure in heaven is actually being with him, not having a big bank account. And so when Jesus says, you will have treasure in heaven, that's what he will have if he follows Jesus now. But of course he will have it in full in heaven because Jesus is going to be taken away. They will put him on a cross. So it is in the future that he will have treasure in heaven, but he is to follow Jesus and he will have treasure like heaven. I think that is really what Jesus is saying, that you can have, in that sense, the treasure of heaven, small bit now. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples in verses 29 and 30. They say, in verses 29 and 30, uh, we have left, uh, 28, we have left all to follow you. And Jesus says, I tell you, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, 
will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. In other words, you get a little bit of heaven now in the relationships that you have and in the way God provides for you. And of course, you will have uh, Jesus in full providing for you with all the richness of relationships in the future as well in that eternal life. So, what Jesus is saying is you won't be left thinking that you've given up anything if you follow me. Put me first. That's what he's telling the man. Follow me. And what Jesus is saying to the man is, look, put me in front of your money. And interestingly, when Jesus talks about these commandments, he's talking about commandments 5 to 10. Commandments 1 to 4 are all about loving God more than the things that he has given us. All the first four commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, those are the things that says put God first. And Jesus has already told the man that he is God. Because think about it. In verse 19, Jesus says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, can't you see what Jesus is saying? You are calling me good. Only God is good. Do the maths. If you're calling me good, you are calling me God. Now, put me first. Follow me. <clears throat> Trouble is, he wouldn't do that. In verse 23, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He loved his money so much. And that's sad, isn't it? That we love the gifts that God gives us more than we love God. And the prime reason why people don't want to follow Jesus is simply because God has given them so much that they love those things and they don't love them. So the things that God gives us so we can be grateful and love him are the things that we say, no, that we love these things so much, forget about it. We haven't got time for God. We have all these things to look after get on with but there is uh, and so therefore Jesus has to say in verse 25 uh, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God and then there is hope isn't there in verse 26 they say who then can be saved and Jesus says what is impossible with God with man is possible with God. God can make it possible for people to come to him even when they have many things. But the way he makes it possible is very often to take things away, to trim us down and to make us helpless. Then we will come. The more strong we are, 
we can do without. And when we come to him and we follow him, then we will see he is everything that we need. And so what are the things that we can take home tonight from these two stories? I wonder if uh, uh, a good lesson, if we're not used to church, uh, and it's uh, maybe been a long time, maybe a good lesson is the one on the left, to learn to come to God like a child, knowing that this is the only way to really start following Jesus in full. That probably means unlearning stuff we've learned from the past, uh, because the layers of religious instruction can be wrong and they can build up and confuse us. And it is really helpful to stop being muddled, to put aside all the baggage that we picked up uh, from the past and to start becoming like a helpless child. Teach me, teach me, teach me. I want to learn how to follow Jesus as if I was a child. Uh, that is a wonderful thing to do because of verse 17. Jesus says, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So it's a great encouragement for us to think like that. What about if you're used to church? I wonder if it's worth thinking about why you think God likes you. Is it because you have a long track record of things that you have done right since you were a child? Like this man, all these things I've done since I was a boy. Do you think that's the reason why God likes you? Or do you find yourself thinking God likes you because the more you go on following Jesus, the more helpless you feel, the more you want to do it and the more you find it hard and you still want to keep going and following him and you keep crying out helplessly, Lord Jesus, please, please help me because I'm getting it all wrong. I, that is uh, uh, how to become like a child. The more we go on in the Christian life, actually, in a sense, the more like children we should be because we realize the more we try to be like Christians, the more we realize it's beyond us. But if you want to be helpless, what should be your goal this new year? Can I suggest that we can redefine our view of treasure? So that we go from seeing the treasure in what we can get to seeing the only treasure we actually need is him. Actually finding our joy not in the things that we can put our hands on, but finding our joy in who he is, his character, what he has already done for us by dying on the cross, finding our joy in what he has promised for us, 
finding our joy in Him, not in the things that we might own. Let's pray that God will help us to be people like that, who follow Him with joy because He is worth following. And it doesn't matter what we have to give up in order that we can do so. Let's pray that God will help us to be like that. And then after that, we'll take some questions or comments or whatever people like to say. Uh, we'll uh, come to that in a minute. Let's just pray first. Our Heavenly Father, would you help us to love those times that we feel utterly helpless and to come gratefully to you for putting the Lord Jesus in front of us as the one thing in this world that we all need, even if we had nothing else. Help us to see him in that way, for the glory of his name. Amen.